Good morning. This is Reiko Zek. I'm the pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Clarence Center, New York. Welcome to another edition of the WXRL Radio Lutheran 3.0. So glad you joined us. This morning we'll do a service of the word, a time to hear God's word, to pray, to listen to some great songs. Hope it's a great experience for you. If you are curious about our church, St. Paul Lutheran Church in Clarence Center, the website is jesusintheclarencecenter.org. We would love to have you worship with us 9.30 every Sunday morning, or you can watch our services live. Thanks again for joining us. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, for in your wisdom you have formed us. You feed the hungry and clothe the naked. We bless you and praise your name forever. You set free those who are bound. We bless you and praise your name forever. We raise up those whose courage falters. We bless you and praise your name forever. You provide for our every need. Accept our grateful praises. You have called us from all peoples. We rejoice and bless your name forever. You bless your people with peace. We bless you and praise your loving grace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, for in your wisdom you have formed us. God has made us his people through our baptism into Christ. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and it sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you know that we live in the midst of so many dangers that in our frailty we cannot stand upright. Grant strength and protection to support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. 
Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from Romans chapter 4. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. No unbelief made Abraham waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading is from Mark chapter 1. They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Ray Kozak from St. Paul Lutheran Church in Clarence Center. I just want to share a message with you about counting and shouting. But before we do, let's open with a word of prayer. Gracious God, I pray that you would open our hearts to hear your good news uh, about counting and shouting, that we'd be transformed by your by your amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this message might not be about what you're uh, thinking, counting and shouting. There's been a lot of counting and shouting lately. Uh, so I'm not going to share a message about the recent heartbreak of the Bills game, even though there was a lot of shouting and, and thinking about the score. It's not about the recent elections where there was an awful lot of counting and shouting. Instead, the counting and shouting I'm thinking of, it comes from an ancient song, Psalm 32. You maybe have read it at one point. I read it a moment ago. Here's the story of King David. He has made an absolute mess of his life. He's He's been given a great life, many blessings from God. In a moment of weakness, he squanders it. He, instead of going out to uh, battle as kings do, and instead of um, honoring uh, his his people and and serving them, he uh, 
he commits an affair with Bathsheba. He takes her to be his wife, and, and to cover his crime, he kills um, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. And he tries to hold it in, and he tries to uh, pretend like it didn't happen, but he can't. So in the psalm, he says, you know, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Uh, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Maybe you've experienced something like that. But then he says, I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. So this is a psalm about his, I guess we could say his recovery. And uh, there's counting and shouting in this song. Uh, it starts with a word of counting. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. The Apostle Paul later picks this up in Romans chapter 4. He said that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Uh, this counting of God for our sins as righteousness when we believe in him, it's an amazing gift. Let's talk about it. So you all probably know people like Mr. Rogers or other great teachers. They often have a word of the day. Well, I'm going to share with you a word of the day. I don't normally do this. In fact, I don't know if I've ever done this, maybe once or twice, shared with you a, a Greek word. So the word today is logizomai, right? Logizomai. Everyone say logizomai, logizomai. It's the Greek word for counting or reckoning. So by April 15th, you'll want to logizomai your taxes. You know, before you make a big purchase, you're going to logizomai your bank account. You're going to see if you've got enough money. You're going to count it all up. You're going to reckon it. That's the common way that the word was used. But the Apostle Paul, he transforms the word uh, because it's quoted by David, as I just read. Um, listen to the word again, logizomai. It comes from the Greek word logos, uh, where we hear logic. Um, so the word logic, or even just our word word, Remember for a minute how John's gospel opens. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word, or the Logos. We could say, in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. Well, Jesus is the Word, the Logos of God. And you might know this, that God, through His Word, He can do what He says. God's Word does what it says. So what am I talking about? Well, through the Bible, we see God's Word doing what it says. From the very first chapter, remember, there's nothing. There's nothing but God. And he says, let there be light. And bam, there was light. His Word is able to do what he says. You all remember the story of Gideon? You probably have seen Gideon's Bibles in hotel rooms. God speaks to Gideon and makes him something different than what he was. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak as Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. That's in Judges chapter 6. Now if you read this, you'll see that Gideon is not a mighty man of valor. He's, uh, he's pretty frail. He's is afraid. He's not sure what to do. But the Lord keeps on, we could say, wording him, keeps on speaking his word to change him. So it goes on, it says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? The Lord almost makes it seem like Gideon is going in his own strength, trying to encourage him, even though it is God's strength. 
Gideon says, how could I do this, Lord? My clan is the weakest clan, and I'm the least in my family. But the word keeps on speaking. It goes on, the Lord said to him, but I will be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites as though they were just one man. So you can see here that God creates valor where there was no valor. He creates strength out of nothing. And we see this again in the New Testament. You probably know the story of Peter after uh, Peter renounced Jesus three times uh, during his arrest and his trial. And Jesus restores him and he says to him, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. You know, here Jesus is reckoning Peter to be the chief shepherd. He's not just regarding him as such. He is making him. He is speaking into him uh, his role as chief shepherd. That's what legitimai means by the grace of God, to make us what we're not. Well, we see this all the time. We tend to be what we are regarded as, or I should say we tend to become what we're regarded as. So we see this in in sad ways sometimes. You know, we've all been in a store or someplace, and we've seen a mom or a dad who's just at their wit's end. They're they're fried. A little child pulls something off the shelf, and it goes flying, and they say, you're bad, you're bad. And of course, they don't really mean it. They're just exhausted. And uh, we wonder what's going to happen to that kid unless uh, they hear a different message. But we can flip this around. One story I like that I just heard is is when the Bills season began this year, um, you might know their field goal kicker, Tyler Bass. He was off to a little bit of a a rough start. And the Bills coach, uh, Sean McDermott, he wrote a note and he put it in Tyler's locker. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something like, Tyler, I love you. I believe in you. And all year long, Tyler carried that note with him. And, you know, I think Tyler did a pretty good job. He felt that confidence. He became uh, who he was. Um, The logizomai did its work. And we see the power of words all the time, you know, in sports and other places. Like an umpire calls a stealer safe. Well, they're safe. Or they call the runner out of bounds. Well, they're out of bounds. Or there might be a challenge to the call, but, you know, Eventually, if it's that umpire or if it's New York, you know, the final determination is what goes. I remember one time this happened to me. I think I was about 16 years old, maybe 15. I was mowing lawns with my dad, uh, you know, landscape business, and I couldn't get the mower started. And I was saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. And my dad came over to me and said, Reiko, you can do this. This is how you do it. I believe in you. You can do this. I, I got the mower started. I mowed hundreds and hundreds of yards uh, since then. And, you know, our words have power. How much more? God's word. Here's another way to think of this. A man buys a car for his wife. Nice guy, right? His buddies give him a hard time because, well, he could have bought something else. But he justifies himself to them saying, you know, it was a good car to buy. You know, a couple months go by. The guy cheats on his wife. Does he buy her another car? Will that justify him in front of his wife? No. The only thing that will justify him to his wife is his wife saying, I forgive you. You're still my husband through thick and thin. You know, words have power, like that wife forgiving. Words have power, and they can be formal or informal. Here's some formal ones. I just married a couple, Ellie and Mason, on the morning of December 27th. They were just Ellie and Mason. By by the end of that day, They were Ellie and Mason, a happily married couple. The words pronounced to them on that day, it changed them. Uh, Another thing happened on April 21st, a few years back. My father-in-law, he went to the courthouse 
And on that morning of April 21st, he had two kids. But in the courtroom that day, the judge said, I now pronounce that you uh, have adopted these two kids. So he went home that day having four kids. You know, words have power. They do things. And the words of God, the word of God is, it's a gift to us. And it's also a power. I want to pause for a moment and think uh, about the first hundred days. You probably have heard that phrase a lot. Not the first hundred days of President Biden's tenure, but rather the first hundred days of well, King Jesus's tenure. Jesus's inaugural address, the very first words out of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, he says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And then he goes out to do his, well, his first hundred days, showing that the kingdom of God really was at hand. The very first thing he does is he goes to a synagogue to, to show his power. The kingdom is here. He goes to a man who has an unclean spirit. This man is in the synagogue. And the man with the unclean spirit, the spirit is crying out in him, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus shouted, shouted words of deliverance to him and said, Be silent, come out of him. And here we see the power of Jesus' words. He made this unclean man clean again. He removed the, the demons in his head. I love how Jesus shouts sometimes. You know, sometimes we shout, sometimes we can't help it during Bills games or other. We just get excited. Jesus also shouts. Uh, he shouted here in the synagogue at this demon to get out of the presence of this man because there was more for this man. He also shouted in the temple, uh, something you may have heard, My father's house shall be a house of prayer for all people. You've made it a den of thieves. Jesus' words had power. He made the temple clean again. And on the last day of the feast, Jesus shouted out, Whoever is thirsty, let him come to me and I'll give him living water. Well, lots of times Jesus shouted uh, throughout his ministry, showing who God was, declaring that the kingdom of God was here. And in the mystery of mysteries, Jesus was rejected and hated. And he went to the cross. He died for us. And on the cross, do you remember... There's seven words of Jesus from the cross, but one of them is a shout. A shout that said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus' father heard him, and his father raised him from the dead. I don't know if you believe that. I hope you do. There's lots of reasons to believe why Jesus was raised from the dead. It changes everything. Remember the words of Psalm 32 that I read a, a bit ago? You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Well, God surrounded Jesus with shouts of deliverance by raising him from the dead. Romans chapter 1 says that God declared that Jesus was the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. So it's pretty cool that because Jesus was raised from the dead, Jesus, I don't know if you can hear it, but Jesus is right now still shouting words, his words, to change us. The words I'm thinking about right now is the words from Romans chapter 4 that Paul quotes from David. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not lochizomai his sin. Righteousness is counted to us. It is worded to us as well. Well, words have power. I think I've said that enough. Especially words that are shouted. They make little babies grow up to be nice people or mean people. They make people married. 
They declare adoptions. They grant forgiveness. They call people safe or out or out of bounds. They change lives. So let the words of Jesus change your life. He comes to your synagogue, whatever that might be, and he says to your accusers, whoever they may be, he says, be silent, come out of him. This one is mine. He is righteous. Become what you are. Psalm 32 also says this, Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Become who you are, you mighty man of valor, you mighty woman of valor. Become who you are so that when you hear the final shout of the archangel at the return of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, you will shout for joy forever because you've been made upright in heart. You've been surrounded by the steadfast love of the Lord forever. In the name of Jesus, amen. We come now to a time of prayer. I'm using prayers written in the Lutheran Book of Worship, the service of the Word. As we pray these things, think specifically of those people or places or situations that are in need of God's grace and healing. So let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are worthy to be held in reverence by the whole human race. We give you thanks for the the innumerable blessings which, despite our unworthiness, you have showered upon us. We praise you especially that you've preserved for us in its purity, your saving word and the sacred sacraments of your house. Grant and preserve to your church throughout the whole world truth in their doctrine and faithful pastors and church workers who will share your word with power and help all who hear to rightly understand and firmly to believe your word of truth for them. We pray that you would protect and defend your people in times of trouble and danger that we in communion with your church and in unity with all Christian people may fight the good fight of faith and in the end receive the fullness of salvation. Dear God, we pray that you would, upon all the nations of the earth, that you would bestow your grace. Especially we ask you to bless our land and all its inhabitants and all who are in authority. Cause your glory to dwell among us and let mercy and truth, justice and peace everywhere prevail. We commend to your care all of our schools, that virtue and useful knowledge may be nourished and the wholesome fruits of life may abound. In your mercy, defend us from all calamities by fire and water, pestilence and war, viruses, scarcity, famine. Protect and prosper all who labor for us and cause all useful arts to flourish among us. Show yourself to be the helper of the sick and the helper of the needy, the comforter of the forsaken and the distressed. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us to prepare for the world to come, doing the work which you have given us to do while it is still day, before that night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom, where you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Trusting in our Lord Jesus, let us pray as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, people loved by God, receive the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. It has been so much fun joining you here for the Lutheran 3.0. We pray that God blesses your journey of faith, that you come to know and walk with our Lord Jesus Christ and, and receive his great love for you. We pray you have a good church home, and of course you're always welcome to join us for worship at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Clarence Center. We're located at 7720 Goodrich Road in Clarence Center. Our worship times are 9.30 on Sunday morning. And you can always join us online at JesusInTheClarenceCenter.org. So until next time, God's peace be with you.